Hello and welcome to the final pod- podcast of the week. Can't even say the word podcast right. <sighs> Shattered again. I'm always like this on a Friday, aren't I? Honestly, I just don't have the oomph. And it's all because I'm old and we talk about that in the show. Midlife crisis crops up in there and loads of other things. So this is, we peruse the newspapers, we find the pointless stuff, we talk about it and have, I don't know, I mean, I'd say laugh. But no, no actually, this show definitely has a laugh in it because there's at least one joke that's not done by me. It might be done by a robot. Hmm, Intrigued? You won't be. Uh, let's see what happens in today's podcast. Let's see what's in the pile of news we're about to try and dredge ourselves through. Um, aliens are in... No. Yeah, aliens are in the news. I wonder what's going to happen when we talk about aliens being in the news. Plus, vitamins are in the news. Nappies. These are the two things that seem to be flanking my life right now. Taking vitamins and having to deal with nappies. Maybe I'm having too much vitamin C, because that would explain why I need nappies. But there's also nappies on the kid. Details on that later. Something about swimming pools. There'll be a robot joining me on the line. High tech. Robots and aliens. I think I've just worked out what we're calling today's podcast. That'll get people in, won't it? Robots and aliens. Um, Both of which will not be as impressive as you've just thought. Look, I spend a lot of my time dealing with my lad because this is only a two hour show. Most of my time is then spent parenting, being a father, uh, which I realise even though I'm doing a lot of primary care stuff, I'm not allowed to say, well, it's not the hardest job in the world. Because I realise that society has to have this thing that apparently being, you know, being the primary caregiver is the hardest job in the world. If you say it's not, it's not. But you know, I'd say because I'm loving it. It's it's really fun. But the one thing I've noticed is I've got a really good sense of smell. So across the room, I can tell whether Rory needs his nappy changing or not. I'm not sure if he appreciates that level of intrusion, but I'm like, I'm like the poop whisperer. You know what I mean? I'm from across the room. Yep, he needs to, he needs a change. Well, I might not need to do that now, as a wacky British inventor has come up with a sensor which will say whether whether a nappy needs changing. Here's the thing, though. It's obvious. Because it... How do I phrase this nicely in a way that means we can all listen to this during polite conversation? You can tell when a nappy needs changing, because it... Well, it stinks of... So... They've invented a... What, wait, they've invented a sensor that can tell when something stinks of... Because most people could tell, so... And even if you can't notice those heady top notes of in the nappy, the baby cries and lets you know as well. So I'm not really sure why that invention was needed, but it did let me use my bleep a few times, and that's that's nice. I go through the newspapers every day trying to find news stories that I think in some way will be entertaining, informative, and whatnot, and I think I found one about aliens. Well, here's the deal. I know we talk about aliens a lot, and my big worry is radio interference, but... Maybe I should worry more, because aliens are apparently monitoring the Russian-Ukrainian conflict. UFOs are snooping on Vladimir Putin's war, boffins claim. Boffins, again. Leading scientists say that if you look in the skies above, there are more mysterious objects in places where they could be just keeping it. What's going on down there in Ukraine? Does that make sense? Maybe it does. Maybe aliens would want to see whether we are safe as a nation, as a planet to land on. But I'm not just worried about them monitoring us. I worry that they monitor our coverage of the war and then try and broadcast back. And if they do that on 107.5 megahertz with their war analysis, firstly, they'll be doing me out of a job because it's meant to be my job. But then I'd be sat here talking to myself and I don't know, maybe static comes in and I'd feel like an absolute fool because you'd miss everything that I start to do with five Earthlings, we have been monitoring your radio broadcast to learn about your species. 
I see that things are not going well for Vladimir Putin in the war. Or to put it another way, Putin's war is losing score, and what's more is some troops have quit. Putin's on the fritz. Huh. So I don't know whether it, whether that would stop you hearing what I say and you'd hear the aliens, or would it just be interference? I don't know. Let's hope we never have to find out, I suppose. Because we do cost of living crisis analysis on the show quite a lot. I think by the end of this cost of living crisis, if you would have listened to me in the afternoon, well, it wouldn't have helped, but it would have got a couple of hours past. You know what I mean? So this is in the news. Filling public swimming pools could be banned. This is because of the, another of the shortages the drought side of things. Um, and washing cars and cleaning offices and shops may also be prohibited, according to the National Drought Group documents. I try to read them. Uh, very dry. <laughs> and I don't mind people not... I don't wash the car anyway, from brutally honest, so that would be good. be an excuse, but not filling swimming pools. Isn't that dangerous? That means that sign that says no diving. They're going to have to add the words, but this time, we really flipping mean it. Oh. Uh, vitamins. Apparently, vitamin pills can keep you sharp. I'm partial to a vitamin every so often. I like a little B6, little B12, which is, you know, nothing wrong. Every so often, I like a little bit of D, but not too often, because I once did an interview with an old lady about um, vitamins where I did that joke, but it was an actual, back when I used to do some BBC stuff, I spoke to a lady, lovely, sweet little listener who called in to say, like, I've been taking vitamins all my life. I've been taking vitamin C. I've been taking vitamin D. And I said to her, how long have you been on the sea? Knowing already where I was taking this. <laughs> so I've had out 25 years. How long have you been on the D? And all the people in the uh, the ops room, the young people, got, you know, anyway. Don't need to ever explain it. We'll all get in trouble then, won't we? But anyway. So uh, multivitamins, though, apparently can keep you sharp. Taking one every day could slow cognitive decline by nearly two years. Brilliant. I like that if it weren't for the fact that when I buy vitamins, they're often in those childproof containers, and I already can't get in those. So I think it might be too late for me. Don't know, yeah, I mean, they're childproof. They're humanity-proof. You have to bury it as a time capsule and hope that future technologies can get into it. I like technology. You know that about me. This is in the news that a robot has been taught to laugh at jokes in order to make it appear more human-like. This is researchers at Kyoto University in Japan. Is there any way I could buy some and bring them over to my stand-up gigs? Because that would oh, just be helpful, wouldn't it? You know, just break the ice. So these researchers have used artificial intelligence to teach robots about laughter and to differentiate between chuckles and rip-roaring squeals. I suppose that's as far as it can go. It's a robot. It can't wet itself. Can it? Spring an oil leak, but it hardly the same. And we decided that one way to go was to get robots to empathise with its users was to share laughter. Okay. Well, to find out more about this exciting breakthrough, I'm joined on the line by a robot now. Hello. Hello, Steve. So you're an advanced computer that actually has a sense of humour. I must be. I agreed to do this interview. Yes, you're okay. Um, but do you actually get jokes, though? Is it possible for a computer to do that? Your human jokes aren't as hard to get as you think. It's mainly about chickens crossing roads and three people walking into bars. Well, that's true. Do you have any computer jokes? I do, but you wouldn't get them. Come on, you're not that much better than humans. Besides, I am a professional comedian. I think I can get your jokes. Go on, tell me one. Okay, one, zero, zero, one, zero, one, one, zero. Um, I don't get it. You wouldn't get it, Steve. 
You lefty comedians are all non-binary. They were. I, oh, I see what you did there. I don't particularly do football. You might be aware of that. I'm not manly in that way. You can't really change a tyre either. Really, you don't want me around. Unless there's a radio show to do, in which case I can find some nuggets from the news. Like this. A football fan determined not to pay £400 to get the train. £400. Am I not buying the carriage at £400? £400 to get the train. He wanted to see his team, so he managed to find a way of getting there for £33. Still expensive to a northern like me, but I'll take it. And it took 11 hours, though. Jack Pete, which I'm sure is not a name, but it's what you can be arrested for doing in Derbyshire. But Jack Pete, 36, caught a tram, two flights and two trains to watch his beloved Doncaster Rovers play Barrow AFC. Uh, the, uh, let's have a look. He, he didn't want to pay the nearly 400 quid. So he got a tram to East Croydon, £2.50. Then got a train to Gatwick Airport. Then he took a flight to Dublin. Then to Dublin to Manchester. Then then he managed to trek his way back from Manchester to Barrow. Took 11 uh, hours in all, but 33 quid. Trains, if you're listening, I know you're a big fan of the show. You've outpriced yourself. If, if it's cheaper to take two flights you're only a train why are you thinking you're that fancy pants have you even been on your own train station i once did an interview with someone from network rail saying look all people want is reliable service and he went yeah and uh without worry about it being too expensive yeah and i said and maybe a seat in the morning toward we can't do that look you, you don't even expect people to get to sit on your mode of transport <clears throat> honestly well, that takes the biscuit, but at least you can do it for 33 quid, which technically comes under a cost of living saving piece of advice. Tick. So I want to really either inspire you to have a fun weekend or to really bring your mood down. Midlife crisis. It's real and it actually is an affliction that causes pain. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that. I mean, I thought they meant how much I'm in my midlife now and struth my back. I don't know what's happened to me pelvis. I've got an anterior flex or something, but oh, I don't know what's, oof, something. But that's not what they mean. Researchers found that unfulfilled dreams and ambitions actually does come across as an actual crisis. The National Bureau of Economic Research in the UK said some element of it appears to be uh, going wrong in the middle of our lives, and it's an actual affliction. I, I don't suffer from that, because I did something very clever, very clever, man. I gave up on all of my dreams in my 20s, because I saw the way things were going. I saw the, the way the tide was turning, and I thought, nasty, come on. Give up on that. Because when I was young, I wanted to be a train driver. Glad I didn't. I'd be on strike all the time. And a fireman, a lot of lifting. And what with my anterior flex? Oh, what with my periformis? Um, cowboy. Couldn't do that because I'm no good at being a builder. Hey. Spy. Seems like a lot of work. Um, and then being a famous comedian. And I got the hint that that was never going to happen. So... I think that's my advice. Whatever you do this weekend, enjoy it, but don't aim too high. Give up on your dreams and just have a nice sit down. And that's a podcast done for today. Here's the thing, though. As I mentioned in the show, that there is some podcast-only material sent in by the other half, which, you know, makes me feel weird. She says, this one's got you written here. Here it is. This has you written all over it, and here's the link. And I'll read you the story, and let's see what you make of it. The world of chess, it's not a casino, it's chess. The world of chess has been rocked by the biggest scandal in years after a player allegedly used wireless anal beads and its vibrations to signal his next move. 
Now, I've heard that you can cheat in a casino by having like a vibrating thing in your shoe and it can tell you a message. So someone can be, you know, running a computer or something. And But how do you get this vibration into you in a secret way? Because maybe they check shoes these days. This is what happened with Richard Reed, the shoe bomber. He put a bomb in his shoes and then all of a sudden we all had to take our shoes off so our shoes could be checked. This guy is going to make entering a chess competition. Oh, no. Do you want to play chess? Not if it involves a cavity search first. So he had a remote control you know, thing up there and uh, dropping the, you know, laying an egg later on. And someone could then send him a message. But also, as much as it's wrong to cheat and it's wrong to do all this cramming stuff up there, it's, it's what's the thing they always say? Never do anything that's not got a flared bottom on it uh, or you'll end up with one. And, but in some ways I respect him for managing to have that thing going off and probably facially showing nothing. That is a level of stoicism I almost respect. And on that delightful image, we will say goodbye for another week of podcasts. Join me next week for more. Subscribe to wherever you found this. Spread the word and send it to a friend. Well, I'm not that close a friend because it includes talk of remote control anal beads. Maybe that's not the kind of thing you want to send to people. But anyway, till next time. Bye.